Hello and welcome back to Starcross Opinions. This is episode four, I believe. Um, I finished work earlier today. It was a public holiday, so I only had a short shift. And I thought, fuck it, why not release the first episode of the week for my podcast? Uh, so we're going to talk about love. Yeah. So my favorite subject of all times, we're going to talk about love and love languages and opposites attracting or not attracting. We're going to go through the whole shebang. I don't know how long this episode's going to go for. I have like a gazillion pieces of paper in front of me that I printed out today and I was going to organize it, but then my brain just went mush. So bear with me. Um, alrighty. So first up, okay. So if I want to talk about love language. If nobody's heard about it before, I heard it on a podcast probably about a year ago and there's a website, okay? So jot it down, get a pen and paper. Are you ready? It is www.5lovelanguages, which is the number five, dot com. And that is where you can go and you can take the quiz on your love language. I will put it in the bio of this, so go and have a... Go and have a go, see what the quiz is and see what your love language is. I think it's awesome. So everyone has a love language. Um, there's physical touch, words of affirmation, acts of service, receiving gifts, quality time. Um, and you get like this whole percentage breakdown of what you are. For example, my primary love language is physical touch. Which means a person whose primary language is physical touch is not surprisingly very touchy. Hugs, pats on the back and thoughtful touches on the arm. There can all be ways to show excitement, concern, care, and love. Physical presence and accessibility are crucial, while neglect or abuse can be unforgivable and destructive. Appropriate and timely touches communicate warmth, safety, and love to you. Ooh, look at me go. But my, my stats on this was I was 27% physical touch, 23% quality time, 20% words of affirmation, 17% acts of service, and 13% receiving gifts, which makes so much sense to me, like receiving gifts. I think it's important to show that you love somebody and I'd love nothing more than, you know, I was here and I thought of you, so I got you this. Um, but gifts are also really, they're not important. My top three was physical touch, quality time and words of affirmation, which makes so much sense. I love, you know, being able to touch a person that you love, you know, and get all your minds out of the gutters because that is not what I'm referring to. Although, that's that's a topic for another podcast. Actually, that was the topic. It was sex. Anyway, um, you know, just holding their hand or when you're sitting, you know, out doing something and you, they just put their hand on your leg, you know, all these sorts of things. That's really important to me. Oh, I'm getting really out of breath today. Uh, quality time. Super, super, super important. I'm actually surprised it's not my number one. I truly believe that quality time is like a huge, huge thing. You need to make time for each other. You need to make time to, you know, not always be around other people um, and be together and have fun. I thought it was so awesome to do this quiz. Um, and it's it's really cool in the sense that, you know, if I'm a physical touch person and somebody that I'm with is, uh, I don't know, acts of service, it means that, you know, they might not be huge on the physical touch, but they're huge on doing things that make them, make their life easier. One of the questions in the quiz were things like, um, you know, what means more to you? You know, um, your significant other coming and giving you a hug or them helping you with something that takes the stress off. 
So act of service would kind of be what that is referring to. Um, that would that that's what I wanted to go through first because I thought it was such an awesome quiz. I thought it was really cool. Um, mine was pretty goddamn accurate. So feel free to do the quiz and feel free to email me at starcrossopinions at hotmail dot com and let me know what you got. Let me know what you got. Let me know if you did it with your partner. Let me know if you guys are compatible. Um, yeah. So love, 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 love. Okie dokie. So I've got a piece of paper here and I literally just jotted down so many random pieces of information and then I printed out so much more. So if you hear paper rustling, that's what it is. So Google's my best friend. I Googled so much stuff because I thought, you know, sometimes people don't want to hear my opinions. Sometimes people want to hear Google because, you know, if it's not on Google, then it doesn't exist. FYI, I'm on Google, so I exist, which is awesome. Uh, so it says, love is deeply biological. It has a profound effect on our mental and physical state. A broken heart or a failed relationship can have a disastrous effect. It disrupts behavior and our mental state, which in turn disrupts our day-to-day actions and activities. And it says, without loving relationships, humans fail to flourish, even if all of the other basic needs are met. Which, oh my God, dear all ex-boyfriends who didn't believe in love. You cannot flourish if you don't have loving relationships. This doesn't necessarily have to mean like your significant other either. It can be family. It can be friends. Loving relationships help us to grow. Loving relationships help us to learn and help us to be human. So I'm fully in agreement when it says that, you know, that humans fail to flourish if they don't have loving relationships. I think that's super, super, super important. Um, You know... I've also got here that romantic love is influenced by a number of factors, right from physical attraction to emotional attachment with clear cultural and social norms. In the Indian context, couples often marry in an arranged setup and love emerges gradually rather than at first sight. Similar attitudes, family backgrounds, etc. can can contribute to a sense of affection, which gives way to love. Love at first sight occurs, but rarely. I am a super, super, super old romantic, so I totally believe in love at first sight. But if we're talking realistically and statistically, then yeah, okay, it's quite rare. I mean, you can definitely see someone and think, oh my God, I'm so attracted to that person. But you might not necessarily fall in love with them. When I was younger, I'd think, oh my God, I'm going to meet someone. And at the moment our eyes meet, we are going to fall madly in love. And it's going to be love at first sight. And we're going to live happily ever after. But now that I'm older... I kind of think, well, hang on a second. Do you know what they're like? Do you know what their habits are? Do you know what they want to do with their life? Like, you can't just fall in love with someone by just looking at them. Hmm. Anyway, I <laughs> I like my lists. And I went through, I think it was the top 13, I think it was, 13 ways of, um, I can't remember now, 13, oh, 13 ways you should have sex or 13, was it ways, 13 ways, 13 ways of having sex before you die, or whatever you, whatever it is, anywho, I found a list, which is apparently written by scientist people, like, they, they fully did a full research thing on this, um, and I found a list of 22, um, um, 22 ways of showing that you have, are falling in love with someone, yeah. Uh, and quick fun fact. Did you know 
that psychologically it takes just a fifth of a second for all those make you crazy chemicals to fire at once and produce that in love feeling a fifth of a second that's all it takes oh my god it makes so much sense in my in my love life and in my past love life that's just a fun fact for you um most of the time you don't actually have to um explain to people you know are you really in love like tell me how you feel we'll do a oops just hit the microphone we'll do a quiz on it and we'll figure out if you're actually falling in love with someone you know you can just feel it you can feel it in your nuggets that you're falling in love with someone but I do get quite curious on what the lists on the internet say so I love looking them up so we are going to go through the 22 ways that mean you are falling in love with somebody so number one is you feel adventurous thank god these come with um explanations because I'd be like I don't know and quite some of these explanations are really weird so bear with me so you feel adventurous there's a reason you suddenly feel open to hiding homemade sushi or trying oh my god hiding I'm just gonna hide some some, some, shoes I cannot talk I'm just gonna hide some sushi I'm falling in love with this guy and I love him so much that I'm gonna hide sushi and I'm gonna hide the homemade sushi (laughs) oh my god okay let's start that again There's a reason you suddenly feel open to trying homemade sushi or wearing yellow. It's love, baby. I'm reading this word to word, by the way. Love can make us daring and open to new experiences. When we fall in love, we can expand our view of ourselves, who we see ourselves to be. It's a great time to be creative, says Claire Burley, who has a PhD in a clinical psychologist in the UK. Alrighty, Claire. I mean, I, I kind of understand it, but I I don't. Um, So let's move on to number two. Number two, you're intensely curious about them. Forget your investigative pop culture podcasts and crime documentaries. Your new lover is the latest subject of your deep dives. When we're falling in love, we tend to study our beloved's every move, gesture and word with steadfast interest. Keen to know everything about this fascinating one-of-a-kind culture, which was written by Mackie Day a certified sex therapist and author of Passion and Presence. I do understand that. I I'm the kind of person that like I'm not a stalker, but I'm the kind of person that will just, you know, study everything. I will, you know, really take note of the way that they talk to people, the way that they hold themselves, their little habits. Like I just love to get to know someone, especially when I'm falling in love with somebody. I just love to get to know all those little nitty-gritty details. So number two, that's a tick from me. I like that one. Number three, you feel their pain. Love can make you feel attuned to your partner's needs. Your love is growing when you have an increased sense of empathy towards your partner. Says Madeline Cooper, who is a certified sex therapist in New York. When they feel sad, you feel sad. When they feel happy, you feel happy. This might mean you're going out of your way to leave them, to give them love in the way that they want to receive it even if it's not the way you would want to receive love. Oh, I like that. I'm a huge empath normally, so I feel like I do feel a lot of people's pain and, you know, I probably feel more than I should. But no, I completely agree with that. If you are in tune with your partner's needs, then you're going to know straight up if something's wrong. You're going to know if they're upset. And it's true in the sense that, you know, with my ex, even though it was probably not a great example... My ex, the way that he would cheer up is going out and having a few drinks with the boys. And I used to hate it because 
you know, side note, he did it all the time. One of the many reasons we did not work. But I used to be like, okay, look, I've messaged the boys. Go out and have a really good night. There's no time for you to be home. I'm all cool. You've got my blessing. No arguments. Just go and really feel happy. And that's how, you know, he would go and feel happy. So I, I, I agree with that one. Number four, you're full of date ideas. From exploring the city to spending the night in to act out every Olsen twin film from 1998 to 2002, you'll find any excuse to spend more time with them. Okay, side note, who has ever acted out an Olsen twin film? I just need to know. If there is anyone listening to my podcast and I have, you know, over 700 people listening, if anyone has ever acted out an Olsen twin film, would you please message me and tell me how and why (laughs) or how that even originated? Um, you want to drink in all that they are about, says psychotherapist, physiotherapist, psychotherapist. Oh my God, guys, I'm so sorry. This podcast is just me not speaking properly. Says physiotherapist, I don't know if it's physio, um, sex therapist, Kat Kovar. You will want to go on adventures together and learn more about each other by having shared experiences. And this increases the good feelings associated with novelty, challenge and learning. I like that. I don't agree with the whole you're full of date ideas thing because I have been madly head over heels with someone and been like, let's go do something. And it's just like, what? I don't exactly know what we're going to do. But I just know that I want to do something. Number five. Cue the paper turnover page. You forget other priorities. Oh, my God. Don't you what? We've all had a friend who vanishes the minute they start a new romance. This might even be you. Another sign of falling in love is wanting to spend all of our time with our partner, sometimes excluding our friends. When we start to bond, our attachment systems are activated, which pulls us to seek proximity and closeness. This doesn't last forever. Attachment systems eventually settle, meaning you'll feel ready to retrieve other parts of your life again. Uh, This is so true. I am known to kind of go MIA when I'm in a relationship because it's like, it's just me and it's just you. And let's soak up every little minute I have with you and fuck everybody else in my life. I'll get back to them later. This is the person I'm trying to make a future with. Oh, take a breath. That's, that's me. It's pretty much self-explanatory, that one. I can completely and utterly agree with that. Um, but no, it, it's true. It doesn't last forever. Because once you've kind of finished that honeymoon phase, you start getting into a habit and really start building a life. Then you go back to, you know realizing that you have friends and you have family that still exist but a little bit of advice try not to do that you need to have I speak from past experience when I say that you need to have a really happy balance like by all means you will most likely spend less time with friends and family but don't completely don't completely wipe them because you know touch what it doesn't happen but if shit goes pear-shaped you're gonna need your friends and family so don't push them away don't be one of those people that's like hey I have a new partner, fuck friends, fuck family, I'm good, I've got this one, and that's all I need. Don't do that. Alright, number six, you crave sex. They don't call it the honeymoon period for nothing. When falling in love, we are turned on like a megawatt light bulb, says Day. D-A-Y-E. Testosterone and dopamine create an arousal spike and lower inhibitions. god bless me i'm so sorry (laughs) um we are willing to have sex nearly any time and anywhere see i'm allergic to sex that's how much i don't have it 
uh, forsaking caution and the voice inside telling us to get back to work. This is why anyone who has spontaneous sex on a grand piano is probably in love. Ooh, spontaneous sex on a grand piano. I'm not going to lie. That would be something I would totally do. Something that would totally be on my bucket list. Um, But, I mean, spontaneous sex is great, whether it's in the honeymoon phase or not. Sometimes you just got to shake it up a little bit. But you crave sex. I mean, yeah. But you can do that if you're in a long-term relationship too. And you can also do that if you're not even in a relationship at all. Number seven, you feel like moving really fast or slow. Depending on your attachment style, new love might have you moving towards extremes. There are individual differences in how we fall in love, says Burley. In attachment terms, this is due to a preoccupied attachment or an avoidant attachment. A person with a preoccupied style is more likely to press the accelerator and the person with an avoidant style is likely to take things slow. Mm, yeah, I've got a preoccupied style. I tend to move really fast, but I also have the mindset of like, fuck it. You only live once and if you don't do it, you're going to regret it. Simple. But in the past, I have been known to move way too fast. For example, there was a guy that I was seeing. We were probably seeing each other for like a month, two months. And we were like, hey, this is legit. Let's move to Sydney. Let's get a house together. Fuck everything else. Let's just do it. Uh, yeah, that relationship crumbled and thank God I didn't get a house with this person because it just, it it would not have been great. I would have been stuck in a house for two people, but paying, paying it off one, one pay and I just, oh my God, it would have just turned out so bad. So you can move fast. Fuck what anybody else thinks. Like if you get married 12 times, then you get married 12 times. Who cares? My mom has always said that I will be the next Elizabeth Taylor and I'll be married so many times because I love love and that's just how it's going to be. Um, but if you want to move slow, that's fine too. You kind of just have to be on the same page as your partner. You know, it, it does not work if they want to move a little bit faster and you want to move a little bit slower. There's got to be like a happy medium. So, mm-hmm. how about that one? Number eight. Oh my God, this is going to take us a bit to get through. You enjoy sex more. For some, sex feels better when there's a little love. You might know you're in love with a sexual experience feels better or more fulfilling. This could be for several reasons, including the ability to be more vulnerable and say what you like and do not like to your partner, trusting your partner during the experience and not feeling like you will be judged. Yeah, see, I like that. Um, But I mean, you can also have sex with somebody who you are quite comfortable with and you can still really, really enjoy sex. So I don't think... You know, oh my god, I'm falling in love because the sex is amazing. No, Mm -mm, don't do that. Number nine, you're more affectionate. Oh my god, where did I get this list? Okay, you're more affectionate. You want to get physical, hear their body talk, thank the oxytocin for the spike in physical attraction. We are more drawn to kissing, hugging and touching when we're falling in love. Some therapists say it's instinctive. Some say it's learned. Either way, physical closeness causes a burst of the bonding hormone oxytocin into our system, named the love hormone. It feels good and helps us feel bonded. Yeah, I love that. Kissing is so underrated. I can think at the top of my head, like, my top three fantastic kisses. Um... And that's the type of kissing where it's not sexual. You know, you're not kissing them because you 
you want to get into their pants. You're kissing them because it just, it's like a drug. You know, you kiss them and your whole body just, just tingles. Your soul just lights on fire with every kiss. Your lips and their lips go perfectly together and they just dance and sing and just, ugh. Kissing is so amazing and you think of like back in high school and you're like, oh my god, they're having a makeout session and they're kissing for ages. How gross. Seriously though, I can think of one person in particular and we used to have those makeout sessions and I was like, you know, it wasn't, wasn't that long ago, okay? Um, you know, it's in the last years of my life and we could kiss for ages like yeah okay there was sexual tension but fuck when you look like he does and you look like I do and you have the connection that we have then yeah okay it's fair enough that there's going to be some crazy sexual tension but as far as the kissing goes it was it was out of this world and guys if you find someone who was a great kisser really soak that shit up because kissing is so underrated anyway sideboard for a second number 10 do you feel positive about the future there's a reason Joe Cockers, Cockers, where uh, bleh. there's a reason Joe Cockers up where we belong still absolutely slaps nearly forty years on. Love has a transcendent power to lift us up where we belong. All you need is love. I think that's the song. It's off my mind. Uh, when we fall in love, our sexual and emotional issues can go into storage. Says Day. The future seems bright and full of potential. Ah, oh, that's so true. When you're in love. Everything is just so much better. You know, the the colours in the sky get brighter and songs seem so much happier and the future just is so exciting. I mean, you can definitely have all of that when you're single, but when you're in love with someone, it just... Oh, the quality of life just goes so much better. You're in love. Your heart is so full. You have an amazing person, whether it's like oh my god I'm in love and then two days later we're not in love anymore or hey I'm in love and it's been 40 years either either when you're in love you're in love and everything just gets like number 10 said you feel so much more positive about the future number 11 you're worried bum 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 uh it's normal to feel slightly hesitant when you're falling in love we can experience insecure and anxious feelings we experience what's called attachment panic if we feel there is a rise a risk that a relationship is not secure and we might be rejected or abandoned. If you're feeling overly anxious about your partner, it might be a sign to reassess the relationship. So check in with yourself and your mental health and be honest about your feelings and what you're looking for in a relationship. Ah, this is so true. Okay, so you can be worried in a relationship. It's completely fair. It's com- it's completely normal. You can worry that it's not going to work or you can worry that something's going to happen You know, it's completely fair to be worried now and again, but if you are genuinely stressing and you are genuinely feeling anxious, is it, you know, are there underlying reasons for that? Is your partner doing something that, you know, your subconscious is like, hey, get out. It's not okay. You are worried for a reason. I remember being with someone and I was constantly worried that they were going to cheat on me. Looking back, spoiler alert, they cheated. But, you know, my subconscious was seeing all of these signs that I was clearly ignoring. You know, they were always on their phone and never talking to me. They would never come home. There would be girls on their Facebook that I would have no idea who they are. 
and in my loved up brain I was like no no I love him we're gonna be fine but my subconscious was like no you need to be worried and I would be constantly worried about that relationship so highly highly recommend if you are stressing the fuck out you know more than usual is he or she the right person for you or are you the right person for them if you're stressing too much is there an underlying reason I think you need to have a sit down have a bit of self-reflection and really ask yourself okay um is this is this normal is there something I should be really really thinking about because yeah we don't like to be worried and anxious all the time number 12 (laughs) we're like halfway there you can focus only on your next date whether your usual mood mode of distraction is kitchen-based dithering or a Zillow talk. What the fuck? Nothing beats love. When we are falling in love, the dopamine levels in our brains increase because we are expecting or experiencing pleasure. This drives us to concentrate on the source of our pleasure, our date. It explains that can't eat, can't sleep feeling of a new romantic love. I'm not even going to explain that one. Number 13. You're glued to your phone nearly blacked out when you saw your last screen time stats that's more we can be prone to checking our phones to see if they've messaged and analyzing the words they use in their reply this is our brain scanning for signs that our partner is available and responsive to our emotional needs pretty self-explanatory i know when i'm with someone i'm i'm like talking to them all the time and i'm looking at their photos and i'm rereading messages and but i'm on the sap i'm a really big sap anyway number 14 you feel invincible You don't need to be bitten by a radioactive spider to feel like you can scale a skyscraper with your bare hands. When we're in love, we feel invincible and daring. We have copious amounts of energy and can feel impervious to stress. Our rise to to superhuman status is due to elevated levels of testosterone, dopamine and guys oh my god i don't even know what that word is we can function on a deficit of food and sleep without feeling cranky still eat something uh this goes to what i was saying love makes you feel invincible it makes you feel on top of the world it makes you feel happier stronger healthier you just I truly, truly believe that if you're in love with someone and it's the right person, you are just going to feel like Superman or Superwoman. Number 15. You can't stop smiling. Why is there so many numbers to this? Like, oh my God. Uh, Ever wandered the streets and spotted someone smiling to themselves as if they're on some kind of secret? Chances are they're either plotting a kind of diplomatic mission or they are falling in love. We can experience butterflies in our stomach, feelings of excitement, and not being able to stop smiling. These effects are due to a raised dopamine levels. Smiling can establish a feedback loop. The happier we feel, the more we smile. And the more we smile, the happier we feel. It's like eat, eat, sleep, repeat. Instead, it's like smile, feel happy, repeat. Number 16, you're suddenly single-minded. Falling in love can border an on obsession we rehash conversations and fantasize about our lover morning noon and night these thoughts are intrusive and relentless our friends think we are obsessed and for good reason the sudden drop in serotonin at this early stage matches the levels of those with obsessive compulsive disorder Ugh, 
that so makes it makes so much sense. And yeah, I mean, there is a huge difference between being in love with someone and then being obsessed. Like, if you're obsessed with somebody, then you have an issue. If someone is obsessed with you, it doesn't necessarily mean you're in love. You can love someone and love them so, so, so much. But if you're quite literally obsessed with what they do and who they're with and where they're at, that's, that's, that's an issue that you need to, you need to sort out. Number 17, you feel more love for others. You and your beloved might not be the only ones feeling the love. Oxytocin and the love drug. Oh, it's another word I can't explain. Ben Yalalin. I'm so sorry. Make us more open and connected with others. We are patient, kind, and generous. We give spare change to buskers, smile at strangers, and bear no grudges. This one I don't really agree with. You don't necessarily feel more love for others just because you're in love. Mm-mm. You can love other people and give money to buskers and smile at strangers and bear no grudges even when you are not in love with somebody. I think that number 17 is a little bit of bullshit. Um, number 18, you're not as perceptive. In the early stages, you might be more conscious of how your lover is making you feel rather than who they are. We see our partner as flawless, possessing infinite charm, charisma and smarts. In other words, we fall prey to what scientists call selective bias. We overlook or find endearing the very qualities that would be deal breakers in different states of mind. This one I completely and utterly, from the bottom of my soul, agree with. Sometimes, again, all my opinion, if you have yours or you completely disagree with my opinion, email me at starcrossedopinions at hotmail.com and we can chat about it. Um, but I know personally, um, you know, I have fallen in love with people that I shouldn't have. And I look back and think, Jesus Christ, Courtney, what were you doing? And you kind of do lose perspective. You know, my sister said to me last night that I have a bad boy complex, which might not be entirely false. I dated this guy and he was perfect. He was loving and caring and generous and successful he wanted kids and marriage and he had a really good job and I didn't want it. You know, we were together for a while and that's everything that I've always ever wanted, but there was just something there that I just, there was something there that I was missing. Um, and then I have people like Kryptonite or, uh, there was a guy who I'm going to nickname Romeo. Um, <laughs> They had the bad boy vibe, you know. They didn't really give a shit about what other people think. They did their own thing. They were sexy in their I don't care kind of way. And that's what I was attracted to. Um, and I would fall in love and think, okay, you've got this, this and this that I would usually not go for. But Jesus Christ, who cares? I love you. I want to be with you for the rest of my life. And in, in a case of Romeo and I, we didn't work at all. Um, and it was very, very clear after a while that it was just like, okay, Courtney, take your love glasses off, your rose-coloured glasses, as they say, and stop being an idiot. Uh, number 19, you daydream. New love can engage your imagination. You begin envisioning your future together and wanting to make further plans with them. Cue page turn. Uh, love and attachment have evolutionary 
evolutionarily involved to help create lasting attachments and feelings of caring, which are feelings that increase... Did I miss a page? Oh, no, okay. Lust, love, and attachment have evolutionarily evolved to help create lasting attachments and feeling mutual feelings of caring, which are feelings that increase sexual engagement and thus chances of reproduction. I have no idea what that has to do with number 19, which was you daydream. Like, okay, you daydream. And here's like a random fact about sex. Moving on. 20, you feel like a better person. While self-improvement isn't contingent on romantic love, it can certainly help. Despite the intensity and obsessiveness that accompanies the state of new love, we also become a bigger and better version of ourselves. Open, trusting, loving, generous, kind, present, patient, and forgiving. Take that one as you will, because I have no opinion on that one. Number 21, you believe things will last forever. Oh my god, this one is probably made for me, you watch. This is the first time I'm reading these, by the way. Love can make you feel like you're in a fairy tale. We merge sexually and emotionally, enjoying an interlude of perfect harmony that leads us to assume that our partner is right for us. We also believe our off-the-chart sex will last forever and that we can avert the bed boredom, we can avert the boredom, conflict and disenchantment that consumes other couples. <sighs> when I'm in a relationship with somebody or when I'm in love with somebody, I think everything's a fairy tale. That's just who I am. That's just how I'm wired. I'm not out of touch with reality. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, you do totally think that our love story is going to it's going to cure cancer and it's going to solve world hunger and all that shit that other couples go through. Mm -mm, we're not going to go through that because our love is enough. I am a huge, huge romantic, okay? But I have also had my eyes opened a lot to the point where, okay, being in love with somebody is not a fucking walk in the park. You are not going to avoid the boredom and the conflict. You're not going to avoid that. Your sex could be amazing. You could be madly in love with this person for 40 plus years. But you are going to have to work on it. Okay? You can have that fairy tale life that you want. You can bond sexually and emotionally. And you can have that perfect love together. But it is 2022 now. And you are going to have shit from the outside world. Maybe if it was just the two of you, I don't know, maybe you could avoid everything else. But you're going to have work, you're going to have friends, you're going to have family, you're going to have exes. Sometimes you're going to have a partner that's got kids and that might come with its, okay, might not. But it is going to come with its own struggles now and again. And at the end of the day, you can't avoid that shit. That stuff is what makes couples stronger. Okay, so you can't avoid that. You can have your own little love bubble, but you can't avoid all the shit that goes with it. If you're a couple that gets through that shit and has good communication, that is what's going to last forever. Okay? Okay. Number 22. Lucky number 22. It's the last one and we're 35 minutes in. You feel safe. If you can be vulnerable with your new partner, then it's game over. Long-lasting love is driven by the release of hormones and oxytocin. We can feel an attachment to a partner. Our bodies recognize a sense of security. 
Long-lasting love gives a feeling of having a solid ground, a safe place where you can share your inner self and be vulnerable with your feelings. Oh, I love love. And you guys will hear me say that line so many times in my podcast. I love love. And I can't remember who it was. It might have been Elizabeth Taylor, actually. But I know there's a quote floating around out there that says that I would rather fall in love a million times than never to fall in love at all. And my God, it's so true. I would rather fall in love and get so utterly hurt and heartbroken. I'd rather do that than not fall in love at all. And my God, do I fall in love. Oh my God. I fall in love with the good, bad and the fucking ugly. Um, last time I confessed my love for somebody, it, it went unreciprocated. Um, I didn't even get a reply. And I have not spoken to them since I confessed said love. Um, so that's my life in a nutshell. But it's true. You feel safe with this person. You can feel like nothing is ever going to hurt you. You can feel like the whole world could come crashing down and you could have all the stresses of everything. And no matter what, you're going to be okay because you feel safe with this person. And I, I truly think that that should go both ways. I honestly think it should go both ways. Oh, there we go. There you have it, guys. 22 ways to show that you're in love. Holy shitballs. I... Email me and let me know what you thought about all those. I'd love to hear everybody's opinions. Um, personally, I'm very much like... Eh, I don't know how I, how I feel about that one. Um, a lot of them I can totally relate to, but I'm also... I'm also really old-fashioned. I feel like if you love someone, you don't need to write a whole list of ways to know that you're falling in love with somebody. You just know. You know, you can't get them out of your head. You have flashbacks of things that happened. It could be something as simple as sitting on the steps out the front of your house, talking to a person or kissing this person, and you have flashbacks. And when you have those flashbacks, you feel pure peace. You feel that rush and that awesome feeling that you had when you were there, but you just, you can't get them out of your head. All you want to do is what's best for them. And at the end of the day, if they were to say, hey, fuck you, I'm going to have a life of my own and I don't want you anywhere near it. You know, you love them because you're going to, you're going to let them go and you're going to let them do their thing. If they don't want to be with you, you love them enough to wish them well and hope that they find somebody that they love in return. Love is great. Love is awesome. Love can absolutely destroy your life. But it can also make your life absolutely amazing. So I am all here for love. Fun fact for anyone who doesn't know me. I have an infinite sign. Like the infinity sign on my wrist. With love in it. Yeah. I'm one of those girls that got that typical infinite love tattoo. And I'm not ashamed of it. And I don't care. It's one of my 10 or 11 tattoos I think. That one is the most love-based. I also have a Shakespeare tattoo. But we are sidetracking. Uh, maybe I'll do a podcast about my tattoos or my life or something. I don't know. Um, I was going to have a section at the end of this podcast where I asked, do opposites really attract? And I might ask you guys this question and then do it in my next podcast. So whoever would like to message me with their opinion, you have until next Monday. And I will combine all the messages because um, I know my podcast's when I did it before, I would get a few messages. So I'll compile through all my messages um, and I'll ask a few people that I know. I asked a work colleague of mine today and his answer was yes, they definitely do. So my question, ladies and gentlemen, 
is do opposites really attract? And if you think they do, give me give me an explanation. The same as if you think opposites do not attract, give me an explanation. I uh, I'm kind of on the fence here. I think they do attract 100%. But I was looking at a study, and this is the only thing I'm going to say on the subject. Otherwise, I'll have nothing for the next podcast. But one study said, yes, um, opposites attract because we kind of, we attract people that we would like to be, like traits of a person that we're kind of lacking. Um, and then there was another another scientific thingy that said that no opposites do not attract, like attracts like, um you know, we want to be with someone that's got similar traits and similar personalities to what we do. So my star-crossed opinion listeners, I would love to hear your opinion on whether you think opposites attract. And feel free to give me an opinion on all of the 22 reasons on how you're falling in love. It exhausted me reading all of them, honestly. And don't forget to go to www.five, that's the number five, lovelanguages.com do the quiz let me know are you a physical touch person like moi or do you prefer gifts or acts of kindness or whatever your forte may be let me know i'm curious so i'm gonna leave that at that that is my first podcast of the week for 2022 um i am about to now go and clean my house because i have a flat out week at work I'm going to vacuum and mop and wash up and put on some really, really loud music and drown out all the thinking in my head because I am an overthinker and I just did a podcast on love. So I'm going to probably reminisce on a few things and a few people. This podcast is going to be about me and my honesty. So awesome. (laughs) All right. Send me an email at starcrossedopinions at hotmail.com. Thank you for tuning in to episode four. I'm pretty sure I said three at the start of this, but I guess you'll find out. Thank you for listening and don't forget to email me, share, do whatever um, and you do you and if you're not doing you, let somebody else do you.